Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like and share, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Today, we are going to break down the Thursday night football game between the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. Before we get into that, welcome to the channel. If you are new here, my name is Sal Vetri, and I do indeed cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. We have NFL content going out, whether it's on the YouTube channel, about four or five times a week, five or six times really, or if it's on Patreon, about every single day, we have content going out. If you want that exclusive content over on Patreon, podcast episodes, live streams, as well as my projections, all the databases that I create and use, my game-by-game notes, about 15 to 18 pages of notes every single week on every player in the game. Lots of more stuff as well. You can check that out linked up down below, as well as daily NBA videos on the channel. You can check those out if you want to get more into NBA DFS. In my opinion, the best right there with golf, the best fantasy sport. If you haven't played either of those, you should be. If you're enjoying the NFL this season, trust me, the NFL DFS is fun, but it's nowhere near as exciting, in my opinion, as NBA sweats or PGA sweats. Just a lot more entertaining to kind of watch those sports, probably because uh, golf is four days a week uh, and PG or NMBAs every single day compared to the NFL, you get really just one decent slate outside of the showdown slates. So with that said, you can check out that exclusive content link down below as well as my social medias are also linked up down below. Uh, that is Instagram, Salvetri. I, I release exclusive things over on Instagram in my stories. I'll let you know if some things are free over on Patreon, but only people who follow me on Instagram will be able to see that in stories and posts. And Twitter, I release some informative stats and just content updates as well at Salvetri DFS. So be sure to check all of that that out as well. And now, as we get into this video, hit the subscribe button. It really does help me. And if you're listening on the audio version, please hit that five-star rate and review. Um, I urge you to do that over on iTunes or wherever it is, Stitcher, whatever it might be. It does help the, the podcast grow the most. We launched this podcast. It's a version of the YouTube channel about a month ago, and it seems to be doing well early on. And I think a lot of that is due to the people who have rated and reviewed. So thank you so much. And actually, it is because I can see the results from how that impacts things. So Heading on now, I have 15 players in a player pool here. Uh, again, if you're going to play a ton of lineups, I'll always say the disclaimer, if you're playing 150, you should probably add some of these guys that I have as nose into your player pool. Um, but for right now, if you're only entering a handful, this is the way that I see it breaking down about an, a day before lock, right? I'm going to release this video later on today. I'm going to schedule it to come out later on around 5 or 6 because I have an NBA video going up in the morning. And uh, there's, there's things around YouTube where you can potentially cannibalize one of your videos if you have too much posting at the same time. So... I only have four yeses on the slate, and honestly, these ones are very thin yeses for me. There's a lot of injury news that we have to keep an eye on as well. So you have Will Fuller, who seems very much so doubtful. They're saying that he has a chance to play. He's practiced limitedly, but his head coach, Bill O'Brien, on a short week is saying there's a chance he can play. So that doesn't sound like there's a great uh, chance. If anything, it leans probably doubtful, 75%. He's not going to play if a chance means 25% at best, um, I would imagine. So Will Fuller seems to be maybe trending towards out in this one. Marlon Mack is not going to play with his broken hand or whatever it was for him. T.Y. Hilton has not practiced Monday or Tuesday. Now, Monday is just tentative practice reports, but did not practice Tuesday either. So he might miss once again, which would make the outside receivers, Zach Pascal, Marcus Johnson, and slot receiver Chester Rogers. That's what their three wide receiver sets would look like. And also Jordan Wilkins, who missed last week to back up running back. The real reason why Jonathan Williams kind of broke free, 13 carries for over 100 yards. Uh, and a touchdown was or actually did he score a touchdown 13 carries over 100 yards it was probably because and the main reason was you, you didn't have Jordan Wilkins if you get Jordan Wilkins back these guys are going to split the carries you still have Naeem Himes who they said is going to be active they said it's going to be a three-headed bat monster backfield and Jordan Wilkins did practice in a limited fashion yesterday so it kind of just cannibalizes this whole backfield for me and we'll get into that 
Uh, you had 70%, 71% of the rushing yard production last week for Jonathan Williams come on three of his 13 carries, 41% of his production come on one of his carries, a long 48-yard run. So yes, he's been a journeyman running back. He's not this hot new thing. People think that these backup running backs are all young like weapons. He's been a journeyman running back. So he's obviously been cut by many of teams. Uh, he sure, surely is in the NFL, so he's still good. But I wouldn't get too excited to play him on a showdown slate where he's probably going to at best play about 35 40% of the snaps in this game if indeed, and it seems like Wilkins is going to suit up. And he's 5,600, just overpriced in my opinion. Obviously, they had to price him up just in case Williams missed. um, But it seems like Williams is not going to miss. So those are the main injuries. It's really just Will Fuller um, for the Texans. And then T.Y. Hilton, Jordan Wilkins, and Marlon Mack. Also, actually, Eric Ebron has not practiced back-to-back days now. The third-string tight end, Mo Alley-Cox, did not practice on Monday. Tentative injury report, but was limited Tuesday. Does not seem like Eric Ebron is trending towards playing. Um, So we'll track that as well. That would make Jack Doyle a very nice play to potentially play 75-plus percent of his snaps. So my first yes at $11,000 is DeAndre Hopkins. Love this guy. Anytime he gets into prime time, the issue is that he's facing a a zone-heavy Colts team that is just really going to limit the big play upside. The good news is he's one of the best route runners in the league, and against his own, he could easily compile 12 catches for 150 yards and maybe find the end zone. So he doesn't need the big play upside, and we've seen that all season. His game has changed a little bit where they don't have as good of an offensive line, and they just need quicker passes, and he'll catch 11 balls and get 100 yards or catch 11 balls and get 95 yards. So at $11,000, like, yes, he's very expensive, but just the amount of actual names. Like, let me read you some of these names on this slate that are going to be, like, in featured spots today or on Thursday. Pas- Zach Pascal, Marcus Johnson. I mean, you guys know the name of Kenny Stills, but he's going to be like up there as featured players. Jordan Atkins, Darren Fells, Chester Rogers, right? Uh, Jonathan Williams, Jordan Wilkins. These are the Carlos Hyde. Like these are the names. And obviously you recognize those names because you play fantasy, but premier names, not a single one of those is a premier name except for DeAndre Hopkins. There's just no weapons on either side of the field when Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton are injured and Will Fuller is leaning towards not playing. He's the only elite weapon. And on a slate like this, there's probably not many people who are going to score 15 plus points. And I think DeAndre Hopkins probably in his back pocket has a 20 plus point game tonight. So it's not about can he pay off $11,000 salary with a 30 point performance? No, he probably only needs 20 plus because I really don't think outside of him and maybe his quarterback, Deshaun Watson, Anybody else on the slate can score 20 fantasy points. So just based on the necessity for overall points, it doesn't matter what his price point is for me. He's an absolute star in prime time. He's an absolute star, period. And now he gets a zone matchup. And when he's in man-to-man, he'll get Yasin on him, which is a fine matchup for Hopkins. He's just going to face heavy zones. So yeah, I think this is a spot where you see Hopkins catch like 12 balls, especially if Fuller's out probably compiles a decent amount of yardage around 120 140 and if he finds the end zone that's fine that sounds like a bold prediction but that's exactly what you're going to get out of Hopkins the way he's playing this year against the Colts team that wants you to catch the ball in front of their defensive backs and the Colts or the Texans will take that all day how many times have you seen DeAndre Hopkins catch six seven eight yard screens or just curl routes right at the sticks this year from the Texans if you've been paying attention uh, or paying close attention or you're a Texans fan you know that's pretty much the way they're operating their offense right now for the most part Zach Pascal, wide receivers, a yes at 8,000. This is, obviously, all this is going to assume that we don't have T.Y. Hilton. It's just a nice spot against Houston. He's going to get up, go up and see a lot of Lonnie Johnson, who's been one of the worst cornerbacks in the league this season. Allows a, a league high, tied for third, and six touchdowns. Um, or one of the most in the league, third tied for third most, six touchdowns allowed, 132.9 pass rating against 27 receptions for 356 yards and six touchdowns. It's a great spot for Pascal overall at $8,000, especially if he's going to be wide receiver one with no T.Y., Jack Doyle, this is assuming that we get no Eric Ebron. Again, practice reports will be out later today for Wednesday should dictate this. He's trending towards out after not practicing Monday and Tuesday. Mo Cox, a third string tight end, will be the primary backup. But I think you end up seeing Jack Doyle play around 75 plus percent of the snaps. And he, at that range, is going to see six to eight targets you would imagine in this game. I do like Jack Doyle as long as Eric Ebron is out at 4,400. Seems like one of the better value plays on the slate. 
Marcus Johnson is my final yes. Uh, another Colts receiver who played 93% of the snaps on the outside last week in spell of T.Y. Hilton and also Paris Campbell is, is going to be potentially out for the rest of the season. He's been a limited participant in practice, but they don't expect him to be back for a few more weeks at best. Uh, he ran 28 routes last week and caught all four of his targets for 38 yards. He's likely to face Garen Conley, who's coming over from Oakland a couple weeks back. And he also, on this Texan secondary, is also tied with his teammate, um, Lonnie Johnson for six touchdowns allowed this season, 113.4 pass rating against 26 receptions for 389 yards. Look, it's not a spot where I expect Marcus Johnson to crush, um, but it's a one good matchup. He's cheap at 4,200. And if there's no TY, he's probably going to run close to 30 routes again at 90 plus percent snaps or at least 80 plus percent. So I think at $4,200, you can find yourself a lot worse. I prefer Marcus Johnson if there's no T.Y. Hilton, probably slightly over Jack Doyle just because there's more downfield options. I think you're going to get Jack Doyle seeing more targets and he'll rely on a touchdown, whereas Marcus Johnson won't rely as much on a touchdown. Like if he's going to see four or five, six targets and they're going to be more downfield, again, he can catch four like he did last week for 38 yards or he can catch a big one for and get you into the 50 or 60 range. Doesn't necessarily rely automatically on a touchdown like Jack Doyle does, but again, they're both yeses. So my four yeses, DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Pascal, Jack Doyle, Marcus Johnson, assuming no Will Fuller, assuming no T.Y. Hilton, assuming no Eric Ebron. Now my maybes, Deshaun Watson, 11600 kind of echoing the sentiment that he's the guy who can break my rule. I haven't played a quarterback above $11,000. Um, really, at least there was, I think, one slate where I did because there was just no other options for people to score. I haven't played one above 11500 all season long, and it's worked out for me every single time so far. Patrick Mahomes twice. One time he was injured. Um, Tom Brady one time. It was like 13 or, or Tom Brady one time. You had a $12,000 Kirk Cousins one time disgusting. Aaron Rodgers was like 11-8 one time. So it's just really hard for quarterbacks to get you there on a slate because they're so damn expensive. And yes, they can score fantasy points, but usually if they're scoring, it means that the players on their team are scoring or somebody on the opposite side is trying to keep up with them and picking up easier points. So Deshaun Watson would be one of the quarterbacks in the league that would break that rule, though, because he has rushing and mobility upside on the ground, so he can break that. And then also, it's just a lack of scores on the slate. I already said it with DeAndre Hopkins. He's cheaper, and he has a higher ceiling, in my opinion, than Watson, just because he's a receiver, and they usually tend to have the most variance and range of outcomes because they can catch deep passes really easily, and it's easier to catch a deep pass and just meet, beat one man in coverage and a running back to break off consecutive 40, 50 yard runs and beat the entire defense, right? Um, so yeah, Deshaun Watson is, is a maybe for sure. I prefer him over Jacoby Brissett. I really don't have interest in Brissett at his price point of 10 4. So if you're going to get to a quarterback, I like the mobile friendly Deshaun Watson on a slate where if Watson goes for his average 22, 23, 23.71 is his average fantasy points this year on DraftKings. If he goes for that, it's really hard to see that not needed. Although he's extremely expensive, if he just hits 20 plus, again, I really don't think outside of him and his teammate DeAndre Hopkins, there's anybody else on the slate that can hit 20 plus. Maybe Zach Pascal can if he finds the end zone and has a game, but it's just really difficult to see that happening the way that uh, the Colts operate their offense. Carlos Hyde is a maybe for me. Indy ranks 26 in run defense. Hyde is a three and a half point home favorite. Um, he's going to get all the goal line work. He probably sees 15 plus carries on the ground. And he has the upside of around one and a half to two targets per game. So it's not a spot that I love. I think he's overpriced at $7,000. He's not a priority for me. If I had to rank it out of these six or 15 players that I have listed as an interest, he'd probably fall somewhere like between 12 and 13, which usually means he doesn't get into a ton of my lineups because he's slightly overpriced. But I do think at least the goal line upside is nice for his offense that I think is going to be able to move the ball at ease against the Colts here as a favorite as well so Kenny Stills at 6400 this is assuming no Will Fuller he should remain on the outside again it's I like DeAndre Hopkins so much more but Stills is going to benefit from if this zone does lean more towards DeAndre Hopkins in double coverage which it probably should but most of the time these disciplined zones are already set up to kind of avoid the bigger plays so they don't need to do that which helps Hopkins even more 
He's going to see Marvel tell who's been in, who's been good so far in very limited snaps so far this year. It's zone heavy team, but 6400 is a nice price tag for Stills, especially when you see some of the ridiculous price tags that we're about to talk about um, for some of these Indianapolis Colts running backs in this 6K range. He stands out as the best play to me. Jordan Wilkins is 6600, probably going to see 40% of the snaps, probably going to see 10 to 12 touches at best. I don't want that against a decent. Um, Houston team who has been actually much worse against the run as of late um, Jonathan Williams is 5600 who at best is going to see 35 to 40 percent of the snaps and see 10 to 12 touches if indeed Wilkins who is see- seeming like he's going to suit up is going to play and then you have Naeem Hines who's 6200 who is honestly the Colt that I like the most here because he has the passing game upside if he only sees 25 30 percent of the carries and they split this three ways at least he maybe sees as a three-point underdog in this game more snaps because of being an underdog and trailing and needing the pass catching role. And he has the upside, honestly, to catch, like, see four, five, six targets. He's been seeing about five and a half, six targets a game. Uh, if he does get that type of volume and he catches four or five balls, well, then he yeah, at 6,200. He obviously has the most upside of the Colts' backfield because he's priced right in between Jonathan Williams and Jordan Wilkins and those guys on the ground if they have 10 carries like on a good game if they don't get into the end zone say they're gonna have like 50 yards right so five points I think Naeem Himes can easily do that in the air alone he can catch four balls for 30 yards and right there you have that with the upside of what he can do on the ground and obviously touchdown upside so if I'm picking a Colts uh, running back it's Naeem Himes just because of the pass catching role I think in this type of a game as an underdog there's a realistic chance you see what six carries I have written here and potentially six to eight targets you might think six to eight targets is high and it probably is but again remind you there's no T.Y. Hilton here there's no Marlon Mack. Um, if he's if this game gets wonky and they're trailing by seven to ten points, you're going to see a lot of Naeem Himes on the field and really none of Jordan Wilkins or Jonathan Williams. So I prefer Naeem Himes after Kenny Stills in the 6K range. 5K flat, Duke Johnson. Not a ton of interest in Duke Johnson. Not a ton of interest overall in the Carlos Hyde. Duke Johnson backfield. Duke Johnson's $2,000 less than Hyde, but Hyde's also in the, the more favorable game flow spot as a favorite at home, whereas Johnson is going to be used more on the field if they're trailing. So I don't think you have as much upside in Johnson, although he's playing a lot more snaps lately. They were just trailing huge to the Ravens, so he had to be on the field a lot more there compared to Carlos Hyde, who ends up anyways getting a huge touchdown. The issue for Duke Johnson is just his overall role. He's only averaging six attempts per game. He has 60 rushing attempts in 10 games. So very easy math there. Six attempts per game and only 3.4 targets per game. So not great. Like he only has 9.4 opportunities per game. That's not even touches. That's just opportunities per game. He's getting around seven touches per game. Absolutely terrible. And now you factor in a game script where he's not going to be an an underdog. He's going to be a favorite here where they don't need him on the field as much. He's averaging 21.3 routes run per game. I think that number drops closer to 15 for this one. So I don't have middling interest in Duke Johnson if you're entering a lot of lineups, but he's probably closer to a no than a yes for me. Both kickers here, I'll give the disclaimer. Kickers are fine, but you should only roster one, as rostering both will limit your upside mightily. I don't really know if you need kickers on this slate, because you have a very cheap Jack Doyle and Marcus Johnson in the 4K range, who I think have a lot of upside, and are priced very close to the kickers. So I do prefer Marcus Johnson and Jack Doyle to both kickers. Um, So I probably don't get the kickers as much on this slate. Chester Rogers at 2600 he, he's just too cheap like if you indeed get no T.Y. Hilton he'll still play in the slot as a three-point underdog the Colts will probably throw a little bit more than they run here especially with no Marlon Mack uh, so you're likely to get 50 to 55 percent of the snaps um, for Chester Rogers out of the slot he ran just 16 routes last week um, but he's probably going to get a bump if Eric Ebron actually misses because instead of going with two uh, tight end sets which they've been doing a decent amount with Ebron and Doyle and even Ebron and Mo, uh, Ali Cox, something like that, they'll probably go a little bit more 11 personnel. Maybe you get 60% snaps for Chester Rogers. At that point, he'll run 20 plus routes, and it's a nice overall volume and usage, at least on paper, at 2,600 to get about 20 routes or so. Same could be said for Kiki Kute, who played 70 plus percent of the snaps last week. Um, if you get no Will Fuller, he'll stay in the slot. He came back after missing two games, 70 plus percent of the snaps. 
Fuller's currently a game time decision. We talked about potentially being out. So if Fuller's in, you're probably going to get no snaps for Kiki as Kenny Stills would move to the slot. If he's out, Kiki's in a good spot. I prefer Kiki Kute. I believe over Chester Rogers is just more of a connection there and just overall more volume opportunities, even as a three-point favorite. Um, I think he'll probably still play 60% or more snaps out of the slot. Jordan Atkins and Darren Felsdy tight ends for Houston. Look, they're priced very oddly. I mean, you have Jordan Atkins as a $1,600 tight end running 21.5 routes per week and Darren Fels as a $3,400 tight end, more than double his price, running 23.6 routes per week. So you're only getting two more routes per week. And this is consistent. It's not like it's spiked early in the season. Like every single week, they're pretty much running the exact same amount of routes. Only 2.1 more routes run per week for Darren Fels. And he's used a little bit more in the red zone, but they are both utilizing the red zone. At this point, yeah, Darren Fells is a fine play at this price point, but why not just pay $1,800 less, um, more than or less than half the price point uh, of Jordan Fells' is da- Jordan, or of Darren Fells' is Jordan Atkins, and he's running pretty much the exact same amount of routes, used very similarly in the red zone. It just doesn't make much sense to me to favor Darren Fells here. There are some weeks where Darren Fells' usage spikes, but we've also had those same weeks for Jordan Atkins. So I'll take Atkins over Fells. I think both are in play, though. So those are the 15 players. I think Jacoby Brissett is overpriced for the weapons that he has at his disposal for this game. Like he's literally going to have Zach Pascal, Chester Rogers, Jonathan Williams, and Marcus Johnson at the disposal. It's very much seeming with no Mac this week and potentially and probably no T.Y. Hilton. Just not much upside there for that price tag. T.Y. Hilton, again, he's, he's a no and so is Will Fuller because of injury. And then Jordan Wilkins and Jonathan Williams are just... They're guys who I think both probably see in this game as three-point underdogs, like eight carries each. Maybe they get to 10 carries each, somewhere around there. I don't think this backfield runs more than 20 to 22 times in this game. I'm factoring in Naeem Himes to have at least four or five rush attempts, probably be on the field a lot for passing down situations as they're supposed to be trailing, at least for parts in this game. So if Wilkins is going to suit up and he practiced a limited participant on Tuesday, seems like he's going to suit up. It's just a very steep price point for a guy who probably touches the ball 10 to 12 times in this game at best for Wilkins. For Jonathan Williams, probably touches the ball at best eight to 10 times. Don't want to get there. No real interest in the defenses because you have very cheap guys in Marcus Johnson, Jack Doyle, the kickers, even Kiki and Chester Rogers in the slot. Each of them are a lot cheaper than the defenses and kickers, so I prefer those guys. And then that's about it. Eric Ebron tracked his status, did not practice on Monday, tentative report, and then did not practice at all on Tuesday during the actual practice session. So thank you for tuning in. That is the players. Those are 24 players that we just broke down. I said that I have interest in 15 of them. And that is my reasoning why. If you enjoyed this video, please do hit the subscribe button. And if you're listening on the audio version and you got any value from this video, please do hit those five stars. It helps me out a ton. Uh, allows me to continue to keep the lights on, if you will, and, and continue. Really, honestly, I have a ring light in front of me, but continue to put this content out there for free and spend about 10 to 15 plus hours per week on YouTube content alone. Um, honestly, now with the NBA starting up, it's probably closer to 20, but thank you so much. I appreciate it. Check out my exclusive content on Patreon linked up down below. Spent a lot of hard work on that. About 400 patrons right now over there. I'm experiencing that. So if you want to check that out, you can follow me on Instagram at Salvetri and then follow me on Facebook or Facebook as well, Salvetri Facebook page, but as well on Twitter uh, at Salvetri DFS. You can follow me on the social medias. Instagram as well. I'll be releasing some exclusive content, um, sneak peeks, I guess you can say for a couple of hours or maybe a day. Uh, here and there just for Instagram followers only. My name's Sal. Hit the subscribe button before you go. Hit the five-star rate and review. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.